0: You are listening to episode 42 of The Lewis and Kyle Show with Dune Rasheen.
1: I absolutely learn at least one thing every single day from the women that I speak to. And, you know, some weeks I'm interviewing five to seven times a week. So there's lots of lots of fun stuff going on. Um, and that's absolutely why I love what I do. I'm, I'm learning constantly. I broaden my network with these incredible founders who are changing the world through e-commerce and solving global issues.
2: Hello and welcome to the Lewis and Kyle show. If you're new to our podcast, thank you for tuning in. We're really grateful that you're here and excited to have you listening. Lewis and I are students at the University of Alabama and we're on a journey to deconstruct success stories of interesting entrepreneurs, investors, and people making a big impact on their world. We're hoping that by learning in public, we can keep ourselves accountable to the application of what we learn and to help you to see what's possible and to pick up on principles to help you achieve whatever you want.
0: In this episode, we talk to Dune Urshin. Dune is the host of Female Startup Club, a podcast and e-commerce education company that teaches millennial women about entrepreneurship through interviews with top female founders across different sectors. To date, she's published over 80 episodes with amazing female leaders in different aspects of business And through the process of coming on our show and participating in some other projects that we're working on, she's really become a friend and mentor to us in the whole podcasting ecosystem. We had a ton of fun chatting with her about some of the different schemes she's pulled off to land creative positions and different jobs and internships across her journey. We also focus on the things she's learned from literally spending, you know, an hour a day with incredible female founders every day for the past couple of months and what she's learned from all of their insights and experience and uh, we also get into her story as, as well. It was really fun there's a lot of laughter really kind of fun lighthearted conversation i enjoyed re-listening to it today uh, when i went through and edited the bulk of it and i'm excited for you all to listen to it so with that enjoy the episode with dune rashin from female startup club hey dune thank you so much for doing the podcast with us we're excited to chat
1: hey me too i'm so excited
0: so real quick for the listeners could you introduce yourself can i explain what you're working on right now and where you're at
1: Yes, for sure. Um, I'm Duna Rasheen, and I'm the founder of a company called Female Startup Club. FSC is an educational platform to help women in progress learn through insightful podcasts, technical courses and resources. And the backbone of my company is really a podcast, which is the call to the millennial woman who wants to carve out her own path, make money and be happy and fulfilled in life. And we shine a spotlight on sharing strategies and learnings from the women who are building, you know, what I consider to be the world's most exciting businesses. Um, And the vision for Female Startup Club is really to create an online college for e-commerce that provides affordable education to empower the next generation of women who are solving global problems through e-commerce and having that taught by some of the world's most exciting female founders that I get to speak to every day.
2: I really love the way that you described your show and like the way that you have such a clear and defined avatar for the person that you're trying to go after and that's something that Lewis and I have struggled to create just because of uh, you know all of our interests but uh, I kind of want to dig into the why of uh, of, w- of why you started FSC and and why you you have this passion for for sharing these stories of founders so when did you have the f- the first idea to create this and 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 why did you act on it
1: Yeah. So it's been a bit of an evolution for me and it was kind of at a time in my life where a few things coincided. So at the time I was building um, my first, well, not my first business, I was building a business which was called, is called Kinks and it's an online jewelry business, um, direct to consumer. And it was so great. It was very fun, very sparkly. I've always been interested in e-commerce. I've always worked in e-commerce and I'm, always sort of looking for businesses that are female focused and I was getting a lot of creative joy from building the brand but I I just didn't feel like it was something that I wanted to do forever or like for the next five years even and I didn't find myself being like professionally fulfilled in what I was doing so I was kind of having those mixed emotions, like, what should I do? What's going on? But at the same time, that was my business. So I was trying to build my business and I was finding myself reaching out to women in my network who are building incredible businesses, you know, girlfriends of mine who were doing interesting things, not necessarily in the same space, but, um, I was reaching out to them to find strategies and learnings and ask them questions and, you know, just, just chat really. And I was like, this is so cool. The conversations that I get to have, they're really, really interesting. I'm learning a lot. Um, and I'm you know, just finding out so much about how other people run their businesses, business models, that kind of thing. And I thought to myself around that time, like, oh, it'd be so cool if I just started sharing these like on my Instagram, because if I'm learning something, surely someone else will learn something from it too. So I started, um, you know, when I'd catch up with my girlfriends, I would just record like a 10 minute video on IGTV. I'd ask them six quick, easy questions um, and just kind of like, you know, chat about their business. And at that same time, or around that same time, I was also reading uh, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have read the book. And for anyone who hasn't read the book, it's amazing. It is profiling the world's billionaires, high performers, you know, athletes, da da da. And it is such a great book. It's so big. You can just open, well, for anyone who hasn't read it it's broken into three different categories health wealth and wellness i think it is um and so you can just open the book at any page and read like a little bit of information about them and their business and then tim ferris always asks certain questions um so you can figure out what motivates them what weird things they're up to um just interesting bits about these um high-performing people and the book is awesome, as I say, but sadly, the representation of women in that book is is really minimal. I think it's like, you know, 5% or 10% or something like that. And I found myself being like, I want to learn from like the women who are in these positions. I want to learn from women who are doing really exciting things in business. And so those kind of things all combined really kind of got me thinking about Female Startup Club. And I think two years before, just by chance, I had actually purchased femalestartupclub.com because I had noticed that um, I was on GoDaddy just browsing domains and I had noticed that like you could buy like parisstartupclub.com and then I noticed lastartupclub.com was available and I ended up buying about 30 different domains for different cities and countries around the world. Um, and then I also just happened to buy female femalestartupclub.com. So I was like, well this is a cool domain, like maybe I could just start um, publishing some of the content under Female Startup Club. And, you know, then I was like, you know, the Instagram isn't isn't probably the best channel for virality in terms of IGTV, so why not put it into a podcast format? And that's really how Female Startup Club started with um, the podcast. And obviously since then it's evolved into um, we have our first course now and we... Are doing a lot more in the pipeline so yeah that's a little bit of an overview about female startup club i guess the mission of what we're trying to do is to get more women in control of their life you know empower mm. women to launch startups and businesses that solve problems um, it's obviously so important but what's also important for women is lifestyle design you know i've experienced this myself a lot of people in my network have experienced this but we need flexibility when we have babies um women have trouble getting to being leaders in the top of their field we need to be leaders women are great leaders um we need to create more jobs we need more diversity in business and so that's also really part of what we're trying to do um and you know then if you think about different data points it shows that women-led businesses have a higher return in revenue than male-led businesses for every dollar invested into female-led businesses. It'll generate two times as much money um, as every dollar that's invested into male-led businesses. So the impact of women in business is obviously huge and there's just such a great opportunity at the moment. So we really want to empower women to launch businesses, launch startups and take control of their lives.
2: Yeah, I I love that. I think that's an amazing mission. And one of the pieces of Tools of Titans is like bringing out the the patterns that come up when um, interviewing these super high performing people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the book does underrepresent women. And I think that's something that he actually talks about in Tools of, or um, in Tribe of Mentors. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but since you took that on yourself and began to interview a, a ton of really high performing women. seventy. Yeah. Like 70. What patterns have you noticed, uh, come up through all those interviews or are there any?
1: Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, and there's two different things I can speak to. So after interviewing 70 women of, you know, these women just are building such incredible businesses, mostly in the e-commerce space, but also in different areas of technology and social impact and that kind of thing. Um, So I have learnings from the podcast just in general, but also at the end, I followed a similar format to Tim Ferriss, where I asked the same six quick questions at the end of every interview. And that was specifically so that in a few years time, when I've interviewed a few hundred women, well, by this time next year, I will have interviewed more than 200 women. I'll be able to look back at the data and see what kind of um, Mm -hmm. trends come out of that, which is really interesting. So it might be best i can take you through the six quick questions that i ask um and then what the kind of general points are that i get from that um and then i can just talk to you about like a few other learnings that i get from the episodes but the first question is what's your why you know why are you doing what you're doing what's what's your reasoning behind building a business and something that i've noticed is that every single woman that i've spoken to who has a child has said, you know, I started this business because I want my kids to have um, a better a better world when they grow up. I want my grandchildren to have a better place to to live, and that's something that it makes sense. It makes total sense. But I was so surprised because it was so it was so consistently a theme right from the word go for anyone who had. Um, a child you know some women were like I actually just started the business because I had a baby and I wanted to change their world kind of thing which I think is just so um, incredible and obviously makes a lot of sense but a lot of what I hear as well is women just want to make the world a better place in general because we know that things are aren't going so well right now um, and the world is a bit of a scary place these days so that's certainly something that came out of that question The second question I ask is um, what's the number one marketing moment that made your business pop? And so that's just really to show like for other people watching to make sure they're kind of like working towards hitting those kind of um, marketing moments or or what's been working for other people and you know, it's really an obvious question um, with obvious answers. It's usually a piece of um, incredible press, something like being on the Today Show, where you've had a mass audience view your product, um, or someone who was in Oprah's Favorite Things, or something like that. But anyone that I spoke to who has been on um, who had been on Shark Tank, you know, it's obvious that that changed the trajectory of their business, and it it was a complete step change for for those people who have been on Shark Tank. So obviously like, you know, for products that are mass consumer products, getting on Shark Tank is is such a, a key step for the business. Um, question number three is, where do you hang out to get smarter? And that's, you know, what you're reading, what you're listening to. And it's one of my favorite questions because I get so many recommendations that I um, read myself and listen to myself. Um, two things that came out of that and it's been brought up a few times that I discovered were the newsletters Lean Lux and Femme Street. And they're both, um, Lean Lux is a newsletter that talks about luxury D2C brands and it just compiles great articles in the, in the space. Um, I always discover new brands that I am then inviting onto the show um, to speak with. It's really, really easy to consume. And Femme Street is by a woman named Sarah. She's in the world of VC. And she's also talking about just the the world of VC for D2C brands, which is really interesting. And so I always get great recommendations out of that question. Um, It's, you know, everyone's reading, everyone's listening to podcasts and everyone's hanging out with people that can get them smarter. That's for sure. Um, Question number four is how do you win the day? And that's around your AM and PM rituals. And this one, a lot of what I heard coming out of that was meditation and breath work. Um, You know, people are doing Wim Hof breathing. People are doing like things I've never even heard of that inspire me to start trying as well. Um, But it's, it's an obvious thing that people are, that founders are trying to calm their minds you know, take a moment of peace and that kind of thing. Um, and then obviously there are lots of mundane, mundane habits that come out of it. Like women with babies are like, you know, I don't have lots of time, but for me, that 10 minutes in the night time when I can just do my skincare routine and like have a hot shower is like what makes me win the day because I just get a moment of solace. Um, so that's quite interesting. Question number five is if you only had, thousand dollars left in your business bank account where would you spend it and that's to highlight um you know the most important revenue drivers where they kind of like see their money make where, where they see their current money being able to make more money um it's it's i guess a question that you would assume it's like really obvious like oh performance marketing and you know put a dollar in get ten dollars out or whatever it is but actually overwhelmingly everyone says um they would, well, most people say they would give it to their team and give it to the people because that that help them build their business because without their team, they don't have a business. So I just think the thing that comes from that is women really create businesses with empathy and women really value um, the people around them. And it's it's not just about money over everything else. Um, And then the last question I ask is how do you deal with failure? And obviously to try and understand people's mindset and approach with that. And again, it's overwhelmingly the same answer. Failure is obviously a given in entrepreneurship. There's failure. There's a lot of no's, there's rejection, there's drama after drama, but it's pretty much the same answer that it's inevitable. And you just need to change your mindset around it to frame it, not really as failure, but as a time for learning and a time for growth Um so yeah, that's kind of what the questions are that I I learn, you know, bits and pieces here and there. Um, when it comes to the podcast in general, it all, it's honestly stuff that I just think it's it's obvious, but it really is the case. Like these, the things that come out of the podcast, it's quite like similar in every episode, you know the first thing is that literally anything is possible, whatever your idea is, anything is possible with perseverance, with grit, with determination. Um, you can literally do anything. It's, it's just a journey and you have to commit to that journey. Um, something that you and I have spoken with, you guys and I have spoken about before is the, the compound effect. Literally everyone I speak to is like, you know, some days you don't feel like you're moving the needle at all. You're just taking slow steps that are slow and slow and slow and slow. And you don't realize the, the effect that that has. But you wake up five years later and you're like, oh, my God, I have, you know, a multi-million-dollar business on my hands because I was just taking those small and easy steps every day. Um, another thing that is really clear in every episode is that. Building a business and being an entrepreneur is really just two simple things at its core. It's being a problem solver and it's being a salesperson because every day you're solving problems, you're putting out buyers, you're you're having to do things that you, you don't necessarily know how to do, and you're teaching yourself, um, you know, figuring it out as you go. Um, and also every single day you're having to Talk about your business and your vision and what you're trying to create to get people on board, whether that's, you know, getting staff on board, whether that's getting new clients, whether that's pitching partnerships, you have to be a salesperson. And and that's really the core of um, any entrepreneur's job, I guess. Um, Another thing that we that I see constantly and that I think myself is that and I've just mentioned it before is. Women are really building businesses with empathy and with heart and soul. They're trying to solve problems in a way um, that isn't just about profit. Women are creating businesses with people, planet and profit in mind, um, not profit above anything else. And that comes up a bit. And in terms of tactical stuff, <laughs> it just sounds so like simple and so easy, but literally every business is pretty much built on lists just like comprehensive list that you're like working your way through. It's all a numbers game. If you get a no, just ask 50 more people and you're going to get a yes and build your business that way. So that's kind of some of the learnings that um, I'm picking up and, and yeah, it's really interesting to see, you know, it's not, there's not some secret recipe and there's not some secret sauce. It, it is just perseverance. It's that compound effect. And, and yeah. Wow. <laughs> I just that spoke one's... a lot, didn't I? <laughs>
0: uh i mean it was all great i think that i there's just so much to unpack there you gave us an entire book really like (laughs) you could put a better design cover than tools of titans tribe mentors and just share uh the examples the specifics that informs all the ideas and thoughts you just shared and that would be worth reading and that's worth listening to in, in the form of your podcast i think it's kind of funny how I've listened to a couple episodes obviously not as many as you have because you've listened to all of them and created them all uh but just even in a couple of the episodes I have listened to it's so true some of the things you're saying how and even Kyle and I've learned a lot of the same similar things about it's really no one's come on here and says like very crazy stuff we're like oh my god like what like that's the craziest most complicated like some people do have super complicated, intricate systems. They've designed to like make stuff happen, but that's the vast minority. Most people are just, you know, it's a combination of specificity and perseverance. And like you said, in hard work and having a specific idea and solving problems. And I think that's why a lot of people benefit from listening to podcasts. It's just, it takes repetition to fully ingrain those ideas into your head from the host side of the show, right? For the three of us who are actively working on business projects and things related to the podcast but not related to the podcast uh hearing those conversations personally every single day uh, it's a reminder because if you think about the programming we get as a society it's every single day you get influenced by the media you consume uh and if the majority of that media tells a story of not not everything is possible take a linear life path get a job like do something very traditional then that's going to be your dominating belief system in your head Uh, But if every day you choose to, you know, substitute the narrative, you're getting to be something more positive. So it's like taking a morning bike ride with female startup club or doing the podcast yourself or meeting an entrepreneur and hearing their story or going to guest speaking events. You're going to start over time rewiring the way you think about the world to better match the reality of those successful people. And that's going to make you better prepared to to enter the world successfully and to have the anything as possible mindset and actually act on it. And then hopefully, you know, we'll all reach a point where super successful and be the ones telling the same story and be like, it wasn't that complicated. It was just a product of X, Y, and Z. Well,
1: that's absolutely true. And another thing that, um, you know, I should say is that majority of the women that I speak to, they all start the same as you or I are starting. They're all starting by not having an idea and just figuring it out and just having that mindset of like, well, I don't know how to manufacture this thing that's never been invented before, but like, I'm sure I could figure it out and I'm sure I could, you know, go and find a chemist or a lab or this or that, and like just work through those problems. But like it's possible because it's possible for anyone. But you know, it's not people who are like coming at it from like so much experience. Sometimes, yes, they're coming at it from experience, but some, most of the time, majority of the time, it's people who are just like, they have the mindset of like, yeah, I can figure this out. And they're starting at the same like knowledge base as everyone else. Um, and one other thing that I forgot to say is actually in every single episode, the key to the secret sauce, I guess, that there actually is, is people just focus on making the best product possible. If you're making the best product possible and word of mouth is inherently built into what you do, of course, people talk about it, people want it. Whereas if you're making something that people don't want, then it's hard to sell something that people don't want.
0: No, I completely agree with that. I think I uh, the one I listened to most recently was the the, the anti-chafing, the boob sweat, uh, what was that called? Something bum or what's the product? (laughs) It's,
1: um, um, it's mega babe with Katie Storino. Mega babe. Yeah. yeah. She creates products for women who deal with, you know, normal issues like boob sweat and thigh chafing, but the industry doesn't want to talk about because, you know, it's not sexy. Um, and yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like it's, it was a really cool episode. She's amazing.
0: <laughs> I mean, even the perspective there, like the solution does exist, but it's packaged exclusively for men, right? It's it's Body Glide. It's this ugly, like super masculine packaging designed for like elite athletes or like that kind mm-hmm. of idea. Someone's not gonna wanna like take that out or like have that show up in their like their gym bag. Uh, so even if your literal solution, right, her actual formulation is probably not that different from a Body Glide or like an existing anti-shave solution, but. <laughs> packaging it for a specific audience or presenting it in a way that makes it feel like valid to have that problem like that's solving the problem solving the problem doesn't need to be like yeah patenting a new solution or like reaching like a phd insight it's just solving exactly. it, it's just making it smaller I and know, i think
1: as well um also break it like another piece to her business is having a voice of making it not weird to have these products because society and the beauty industry makes it feel like that's some kind of weird thing or you know that it's it's gross when it's not it's just a totally normal thing that loads of the world (laughs) deal loads of women around the world are dealing with um so she's having that voice for people who do need to buy those products which again like she didn't reinvent some you know crazy thing she just packaged it in a different way, and took a stance and and has a voice for for people who need those products.
2: She had an idea, and then she was like, "Why don't I just make this happen?" And then didn't exactly
1: stop. Didn't exactly but, uh, everyone starts from the same place of having an idea.
2: So, what was your
0: famous dog? But. <laughs>
2: What was was your idea? You know, you had this e-commerce career before you started Female Startup Club. Was there a moment for you where where you had an idea and then you decided that you were going to persevere through and, and not stop until you had some sort of business?
1: I mean, I always wanted to have my own business. I definitely felt like I really struggled in the, in the workplace, you know, I really struggled with like authority. I really found like I wasn't inspired by my like bosses or my superiors. I couldn't see myself being them, um, you know, for my direct reports. And I just felt like I wanted to do things my own way. So that was just always in my soul, I think. Um, And then a few years ago I met my now husband and we we met because we were going to start um, working on building his business together at the time. And, you know, just for me, it wasn't about a specific idea. It was about a specific lifestyle. I want to have the freedom to travel. I want to have the freedom to work from home. If I want to, I want to work when I have a baby. Um, And I think it wasn't just a specific moment, but rather it was built into me. that's how I wanted to live my life. And, and I'm someone who is really action orientated. I absolutely do things if I want to do them. And so if I have an idea, which is often I will, I'll just run with it and see how it goes and, and get started. If you don't start, you'll never know.
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I, I think one of Lewis and I's favorite close or favorite thing to think about is just starting and then not stopping. And how stopping is failure. Like everything else is, is learning, you know? And, it's
1: so funny that you say that. Oh, sorry, you go, you go.
2: Well, you, you're the guest. So what, what, <laughs> what came up in your head?
1: <laughs> so um, PA, my husband, Pierre Antoine, him and I have just been talking. He just, the other day was like, we should just never like stop, you know, like just don't ever <laughs> stop. And it was something that he'd read. I think it was maybe in a book by Ross Edgley or something like this, but he was like, people just stop. And that's why things don't keep going don't work. We just need to not stop. And I exactly. was like, yeah, we just need to not stop. We just need to keep going. And it's the compound effect of, you know, another interview, another, another this, another that. And um, eventually we'll wake up one day and we'll be like, wow, look what we built. This it's a simple really
2: formula, fun. you know, start and don't stop. And I think that that's something that you're trying to get through to your audience. Uh, the people that are listening to the Female Startup Club. Uh, Do you have any stories from your audience of people that listen to the show and then, um, you know, start a business or or change their life in some way that you've, that you've received and which one's your favorite?
1: I mean, I received just the most beautiful messages, um, which are so kind, uh, and so sweet often like telling me like that they listened to a podcast, it really changed the way they were thinking about something um, or it sparked some kind of idea for them or, you know, it changed something for them. I could probably like find a couple and read them too, but um, off the top of my head, it's, it's tricky to remember specifics. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I do receive so many kind messages, which is just really heartwarming and it, it always makes my day. It makes me smile and I'm like, Oh gosh. And I just love when people, reach out because i think it's something that i always do too i love to tell people if they've brightened my day because i listened to a podcast and you know i learned something from it or or whatever it is even if they read it and don't reply um that kind of stuff sinks in you know and yeah it's it's a really nice feeling
0: that's awesome it's one of our favorite things too to just hear that someone it doesn't have to be like someone started a huge thing it's just like i listened to this and like today you know, I, instead of watching a movie, I like d- decided to exercise. Just like a very basic one-off thing like that, the creator appreciates hearing.
1: Yes, um, absolutely.
0: And I think that is even true at scale. It's just like, like you said, you reach out to someone who has a huge following and you say, this was a great article or uh, I really like this. I think one thing I've been trying to do for that, like to get the attention of the huge creators is on their like less popular platforms. Uh, Cause I've noticed there'll be people on Twitter who are humongous on Twitter and like don't respond to anything you say on Twitter. It's like, Hey, I read your article. I really liked it. It was great. And like, you never get a response for that. Or you send them a DM, uh, like I listened to your podcast. It really inspired me to do this. And they don't respond, but you mm-hmm. see like, Oh, they have a YouTube channel and like their YouTube channel only has 500 subscribers, even though their Twitter is like a hundred thousand, like clearly they're trying to get some attention here. Uh, so then if you put the engagement on that other platform, they'll actually like appreciate it. And then you still realize like they do, uh and they don't have that ego built up yet. You know what I mean? Like you comment them on the their successful blogger and you say this is a great blog post, they're like, Oh, I'm a they they
2: know. Who are you like, talking know, about this? I don't know. T- t-
0: not important. They know that. Uh they know that, but like when they're trying to be new and proven, like every person still likes to be validated and like get those messages from their audience, like what you're doing is making uh making an impact.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. That's a really great um strategy. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. <laughs>
0: it's the undiscovered platforms. Everyone's trying to, once they cap out, you know, they have to try a new place. So and for that's sure. where they care for that early feedback again. Like yeah. Joe Rogan's not going to care if you tell him this was a great podcast. He knows that, but I mean, he's too big, but like someone in that middle, middle ground.
1: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Totally. That's amazing. Yep.
0: So one question I want to ask about the actual business side of your podcast, cause you're definitely ahead of Kyle and I, in this sense, uh, is, is your online course. You've put out a product, uh, related to your audience. How did, how did this come about where you kind of decided what product to make for your audience and kind of the process of making it and using that to turn your podcast from just a bunch of really inspiring interviews into, you know, the seat of an incredible business with a, you know, future vision of teaching women about e-commerce.
1: Well, you know, it's, so the course is basically for women to master the technical skills needed to launch and scale highly profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. That's that's what the course is at its core. Um, and for anyone listening, it's about six hours long. You it will take you some time to do it because it's designed so that you action as you go with um, worksheets and templates and that kind of thing as well. And something that we found in every single um, you know interview that I did was performance marketing is part of your strategy. You know, every business now, one of the elements that makes them successful will be their performance marketing efforts. And every brand who's winning has that tap turned on, that lever has to be turned on. And so we knew that that was like a critical part of the journey in, in, um, in every entrepreneur's, um, brand, but I was very lucky in that my partner has a performance marketing agency. So we teamed up to create the course together and be able to use the strategies that they use on their female focused clients um, to share with everyone that's in our in our audience and in our community. So we were really able to leverage our knowledge and our learnings together to create something. And that's just really like one step of what we're trying to do. So we started there, but the vision is so much bigger than that. Um, You know, like right now, if you want to learn about e-commerce, you either have to work for an e-commerce store or uh, an e-commerce company um, to get some skills and to get some knowledge. You can find resources online like here or there, um, or you can just launch your own business through trial and error and potentially fail, potentially waste a lot of money. Whereas, for me, if you ask me what the number one school of e-commerce is or for e-commerce, there's not a clear person that comes to mind um, and it's not like widely known. So the vision is really to create a corner of the internet that's the go-to for premium quality in-depth learning from female experts around the world who are building exciting e-commerce businesses um, where you can graduate with a profitable business and you have the, tool, the toolkit to be able to do that, kind of something like... Um, you know, masterclass meets like in-depth training. And so we have the first course available and we know that that's like part of the puzzle. It's what every brand should be doing. And we also know that's what people often struggle with because it's quite technical. There's a lot to learn. Facebook changes things all the time. Um, so yeah, that's just the first step of the journey. We really want to build out something quite comprehensive. We want to um, partner with... You know, all these women that I'm speaking to, they're, you know, experts in certain niche areas that their learnings will be so valuable for other women who are just getting started or who want to get started. And an example of that might be something like, you know, I interviewed recently the founder of Lashify Sahara Lotti. She is just incredible. She's visionary. She invented this product that didn't exist before. She is—it's just such a huge brand now. But she has like seventy patents around the world. She is like incredibly knowledgeable in IP. And so, imagine learning from her just the specifics around IP and patents. Um, you know, it's better to be learning from her than potentially some written article that you find online. Um, so yeah, that's what we're working towards.
0: I think that's a good transition to our bonus round because what you're describing there is exactly like something I want to ask you about in the third door, like literally like word for word, the core idea of the book, the third door is, you know, Alex says the things I'm learning in school, aren't that inspiring. I want to be taught X, Y, Z by the person who is absolutely crushing X, Y, Z. And here you are creating, you know, it's not for college students trying to launch their career, but it's for women trying to launch careers in e-commerce. And it's instead of just. You know, boring classroom lecture by professors like theoretical marketing. It's here's Lashify. They have 500,000 followers on Instagram, all around a new product they created. Here's the person who does their IP. Here's their founder. Let them teach you this and then help all the other pieces. Like as you continue working through the podcasts and identifying the other common pain points or the other common bottlenecks people are running into that you just happen to have, you know, friends or relationships with people who are crushing it and inspiring stories. Like that is a third door inspired, uh, way to teach curriculum. So between our discovery call and, uh, and now you read the book at our, at our I recommendation. So you definitely have evidence that you follow through on the book recommendations, uh, <laughs> yeah. for sure.
1: It was a great book. I really liked it. I was just saying to Kyle, I, I finished it in like a day, similar to you guys.
0: No, it's, it's hard not to. My mom finished it on a plane ride to. since the last time we talked, she read it like the whole way. It's, it's really, it's really inspiring. I think it just, why we like it so much is that so many of the ideas and the mindsets that we're trying to like communicate, I think this book does a really good job of communicating and you'll probably come away from reading the book either strengthening the beliefs you have or about this or introducing you to some new ways of thinking, exponential thinking, and just encourage you to really adopt that anything is possible. Uh, but when we first explained what the book kind of talked about to you, you said, oh, I have tons of those stories uh, where I've done <laughs> that type of creative energy to, to land like an interesting job or, create an opportunity for myself but do any of those come to mind that you'd like to share
1: (laughs) yes oh my gosh I was saying to Kyle just before like for me that kind of thinking is just again like to my core I think I've always been like that it's not just a simple black and white you know apply for a job and be done with it there's always like another way around getting the attention of the people you want to get the attention of um but yes I have some funny stories from some funny ones from when I was younger which um I will share with you guys one of them was um, I just I need to go back and like think about what they were but one of them was I had just finished college and I had studied like design and visual communications and things like that and I I, at the time really wanted to work for magazines I wanted to work in the publishing industry but I didn't know how because I didn't have any experience and I lived in a, a city called Brisbane in Australia which you know it doesn't have lots of places where you can work um, in that kind of industry. But there was a magazine. I think maybe it was a free magazine that was sent out with every paper, like nationally or like within the state or something like that. And I knew they were like close to where I um, was living and working at the time. So and I just thought like, oh, how can I get in front of this? How can I get in front of this woman? She was the director of the company and um, and maybe see if I can get like an internship or a job or something. There wasn't any job listed at the time or anything like that. But, you know, who doesn't want someone to come and work for free and just like help out and do stuff and get coffees or whatever? I was like, surely someone will want that. So essentially what I wanted was, you know, a moment of her time. So I went to the nursery and I bought a... Uh, a time plant like a time herb and I went and bought like this cute little pot potted it up made it all really pretty and I had a business card with my like essentially a resume slash portfolio and I just wrote on the back of the card um, I'd love a moment of your time and so I also kind of wanted to see what it was like inside the office just for fun. And I kind of wanted to see like where she sat and all this kind of thing. So I thought it would be funny if like I dressed up as a delivery driver and delivered it myself. So I remember <laughs> I dressed up in one of those like high, I don't know why I thought this was the, the uniform of like a delivery person, but I dressed up in like high viz Um some oversized high vis shirt and like little, you know, Nike shorts and Nike, Nike shoes. And I like arrived at their office and was like, oh, I'm like hand delivering this to, you know, da da da. And so they let me in and I like went up to her office and like left it on her desk. And actually, she wasn't there. And my thought process was like, it'll be pretty cool. She sees me as the delivery driver or the delivery person. And then, you know, when we actually meet up, because I was certain we would meet up. Um, she'll be like, oh, didn't you deliver this? That's so weird. Anyway, she wasn't there. And maybe that would have backfired. I don't know. But um, she called me like that day or the next day or something. And we ended up having a meeting and I negotiated getting a 12 week internship with her. So that was pretty cool. I was pretty happy with myself. Um, Another experience that I had was also while I was in Brisbane, there was a job going that I wanted and the application form was um, the application process was to send your portfolio to an email address that was yo, check this shit out at laundrycreative.com. And at the time, <coughs> sorry, at the time I had been working for another magazine, like doing kind of layout, creative copywriting. It was a really small indie magazine that was just so cool at the time. And, I pulled apart the magazine that I'd like done and put it, stuck it up on my wall. And I wrote, yo, check this shit out at dot www.dunaresheen.com. And I like painted it. I covered it in sequins. It was like a full, you know, piece. Because I knew what the office that they worked from was like. I used to run um, along the river in the mornings and their office was completely glass. So if you imagine like walking into your office in the morning, the whole thing was glass and they could see out over the river. So I was like, well, I could just deface the side of the building and stick this up. And like, they'll see my, you know, portfolio, essentially like a real life version of it and my website. So I, at like 2am, I asked my boyfriend at the time I think it was actually our first date I asked him if he wanted to come and deface a building with me at two in the morning and he said yes (laughs) and I went and I stuck it up on the outside of the building um, and I left a little note for security that was like hey this is part of a job application like please don't take it down and then um, the next morning the CEO called me at 9 a.m and was like oh my god when can I meet you this is amazing you know um, was super excited about it shared it everywhere on Facebook and all this kind of thing. And um, actually I didn't end up getting the job because it wasn't the right job for either of us, um, but it was still just such a cool experience and he he really loved it. And um, yeah, I think there I've, I've got a few other examples of things that I do like that, which, which was super fun as well. It's so fun to have those stories and to be able to share and inspire other people who are going through like job applications and, and things like that.
0: I just think that you know once you get a taste for it and you realize like if i just put the amount of effort is not that much higher at all than like trying to beat yourself up to have a perfect resume or polish it in another way it's if you take it's the effort to stop, force yourself to stop and think of something creative and then do it and you just get addicted to that and want to do it it's, i love those stories that's amazing Kinda it
2: also like, takes some it yeah. also takes some belief in yourself too you know you have to believe that your idea is good it's not you're not being stupid like it takes a lot of confidence. So I respect that a lot. I think that's awesome. Um,
1: yeah. It's very fun.
2: <laughs> so I know earlier on, you mentioned that one of the things that you really wanted to get out of your freedom was being able to travel and being able to, to go where you wanted when you wanted. So can you share a experience that you've had while traveling has like really impacted you?
1: Yeah. Um, I absolutely can. I think, it's not just, you know, one experience that I had, but in the last two years, my husband and I, we decided to just travel full time. And we kind of had this moment late one night. We, it was 2018, November, 2018. And we were like moving back to Australia. We were going to settle there. And we were just chatting like late in bed, which is, you know, where all good ideas come to life for us. And we were like, you know, we don't have a mortgage. We don't have kids. We can work online. Um, why don't we just like sell all of our stuff and just like go to all the places in the world that we want to live before we have to like, you know, do really serious adult stuff, like pay a mortgage and to have kids, um, and have chickens and all those things that you want in life. Um, and so we, we basically told our friends at our farewell that actually we weren't going to move to Australia. And we moved to Bali for six months. Um, And we just had the most magical experience really shifting away from the life that we'd been living, living in London, which was fast paced. It was intense. It was gray. It was like gloomy. And we moved to this magical Island, which, you know, the people are so beautiful. Everyone's so happy. Um, It's just, you know, so off the grid. So we spent six months there. Then we moved to Europe and we spent some time in Monaco. We spent some time in Paris. We spent a lot of time between Geneva and Swiss mountains. Um, we went to Australia for a few months. We got married while we were there. Um, we lived, you know, just a few months everywhere that we wanted to. And then the end of that trip was to be, was meant to be um, three months in the U.S. living between L.A. and New York. But you know, at the start of this year, we were here for two weeks before our flight, and then COVID hit, and that meant that we couldn't go um, to the to to the US. So we had to shift our plans, and we stayed in the UK for for a while, and then we went back to to Switzerland, and now we've just settled here. But I think that experience of like getting off the grid, living completely on our own terms, um, there's a lot of a lot of strength that that gave us and a lot of personal growth and to be able to experience different culture, to be able to experience just so many different moments. Um, it was really incredible and something that we, we really know we'll remember that two year period for the rest of our lives. Um, you know, for the good and the bad living out of suitcases, you know, internet breaking everywhere, like, all, you know, anything that could go wrong would also go wrong, but it was just such an amazing experience. And I think for us, um it's something that it's not one particular moment but it's the choice that we made for for that two-year period that was just so um out of this world
2: have you deci- are you decidedly um settling in london for a long period of time now
1: yeah, so I think so. We mm-hmm. were going to move back to Australia this year, like after the two years kind of thing, we thought, you know, we'll we'll move back to Australia. But because of COVID, it forced us to change our thinking. And Australia is quite difficult at the moment with everything that's going on to get back into. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I think we're going to stay here. For the foreseeable future, we'd still really like to come to the U.S. for a while, but obviously until there's like a vaccine and that kind of thing, it's probably just not on the cards. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see. We might hate it. We might be like, you know what? London's not for us. So who knows? I think we're, we're quite flexible in, our, in our, um, our thought process of where we are, as long as we're together and as long as we're happy, like we could live anywhere.
2: Well, when you do come to the US, you know, Alabama's not as glamorous as Geneva or, or Paris, but uh, we've got some barbecue. So <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out for sure.
1: Yes, we will definitely come and visit you guys. Sweet Home Alabama <laughs> is a great movie. I've loved it for most of my life. So <laughs> I'll have to come and check it out.
0: Okay. That's funny. Uh, I have another question, uh, easier question. I had on the on my notes from our last call that you're into cold showers is that correct Am I, <laughs> is that just me thinking about cold showers while talking to you and just wrote that down or you have a story about cold showers
1: I have a story about cold showers I um where did I who does cold showers I'm sure it must have been something connected to Tim Ferris, but I just one day decided like I was going to do cold showers. So it was like the middle of winter. I was in Switzerland in the mountains and the (laughs) rainwater is snow, like rainwater from the glaciers. So it's freezing. It's absolutely freezing. And um, yeah, I just decided that I was going to start my day with cold showers. I was going to improve my mood. And I, my thought process was like, if I can like start my day every day with a freezing cold shower, you know, no hot water, no starting with hot water, no finishing with hot water, two minutes minimum freezing cold shower, I was like I feel like not a lot of people do this like not a lot of, as in there are lots of people who do it but like I don't know anyone else who does this like if I can do this I can get through absolutely anything I can conquer my day like this this has some like gritty stuff to it to be able to do it so I did that for four months over winter it was amazing it was really challenging the first week I cried like in my head a lot because it was so hard but um it was awesome. Maybe I should start again. I kind of stopped, like, I think we changed location. And when you change location, it's like my routine always gets a bit of a mix up, but um, yeah, highly recommend it cold showers to start your day. It is something that improves your mood. It's a booster. It is um, likened to like some kind of like self, I think Wim Hof does it. That's where I learned about it. I started doing Wim Hof breathing and um, his ice cold, like shower, shower vibe, and you know, he likens it to some kind of like self, self given high kind of thing, and it's totally true. It's really, it's amazing, but it is really tough.
2: <laughs> I love Wim Hof breathing. I, I've done it a lot, and like the uh, what brought me onto it was I did the push up challenge, and I'd never done like thirty push ups before. And I did forty five the first time. I was like, what is this magic? It's it a <laughs> long time ago, but um. Yeah.
1: He held his breath for like five minutes. And it was like,
2: that's awesome.
1: I, I was like, okay, you have to stop now because I got so freaked out. he <laughs> was just like, I don't know, making weird sounds and weird movements. And I was like, Oh my God, like I'm going to be the one stop. that was next to you when you died. Like you Gee. need to stop.
2: <laughs> so anyway. I know that you're a big fan of my first million and it's something that you brought up on our first podcast. And I've been, I've been listening pretty recently uh, to a lot of them and, and Kind of the the big idea around that show is ideas and like new things that you've come across and uh stuff like that and that's something that i've kind of wanted to work into the show uh with lewis so what new idea or like new business model have you come in contact with recently that interests you
1: oh gosh that is a good question no i don't even know what the answer is off the top of my head i I received this email. I don't know if I told you guys the last time that we spoke, I received this email from a guy called Wes and he basically summarizes every episode and kind of pulls in there certain ideas in there. And I always just like love like browsing the ideas that they talk about, like, I don't know, startup um, insurance for e-commerce and this kind of thing. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I have a great genius idea. What's one of yours. Maybe it'll spark an idea for me.
2: Um, I didn't expect this to get turned back on really. <laughs> me. Um, you didn't
0: expect a brainstorming session to ask <laughs> lead you to need to brainstorm? I had
2: an idea and then, you know, how it goes. Um, let me think for a second. It's a tough question.
1: It's such a tough question. Do you I'm, have
2: oh, oh, okay. Okay, okay, I got okay. one. So got one. Uh, I think that... Um, this is a, very much a product of my environment because I live in a townhouse and there's townhouses uh, near me, right? Like all around me basically. And in one of the front yards of these townhouses, they set up a projector and a couch. And like every night they're out there just like chilling with like a projector and a couch. And it looks really ratchet. I don't like the way it looks. I don't want it to be a part of the aesthetic of my where I live. But I think that there could be a way to... Make it look really nice. Make it like all built in and set up to where you're creating a really good community um, for for the the complex or whatever. And I think that if you could uh, do that on a large scale, to where people are like outside and you know, like the biggest thing with real estate, in my opinion, is trying to not the biggest thing, but creating a community is very important. And I think that that could be a way to uh, assist in that is like getting people uh, outside together, you know, uh, allowing for these, like, like uh, interactions to happen or creating an environment for that to happen. I'm not sure about COVID, but you know, lots of have had God it damn
1: COVID you, um, you <laughs> something in me. I thought of something and maybe you should do this. This would be so cool. What annoys me the most after moving around, like we've lived in so many different apartments, so many apartments are just so ugly and they really need, like, cosmetic changes. And I'm like, what if there was some kind of, like, huge, huge startups? because I imagine the, like, the cost side of things would be really difficult to get it cheap enough for for renters to be able to do. But for renters to be able to get someone to come in, easily like repaint the color that they want so if they want blue walls they can have blue walls and then they if they want parquet floor they just get the parquet floor and then that same company when they move out will come and like change it all back to like the standard like white walls you know Mm. plain carpet plain blah blah blah. but especially as people move away from like buying the house that they live in um, because people want to travel more people want more flexibility and being able to come in and make the rental feel like their home with their choices of things that they would want um, on the floor and on the walls with those kind of like cosmetic changes. I just think like that would be such a game changer. Um, and I would so do that because, you know, me and my husband, we don't plan to live in the house that we buy. We plan to like live in houses that we rent. That doesn't mean to say we won't buy houses, but not houses for us. Um and right now for where we are in our life, that means like, I wanna change things like the carpet and the floor and the walls and that kind of thing. So that would be super cool. I like the idea. Great, yeah, you got it. It'll I'm work in the US.
0: A bit of yeah. the, uh, the, the wrong target market because I can live in a space full-time for three years and still not ne- decorate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, YouTube's not much more walls.
1: <laughs> Maybe older demographic. I think so, you, you, yeah. might,
0: you might want a female founder.
1: 30s that are 30s that are like what are they called is it called henry high earners but not rich yet yeah henry no yeah yeah
0: Yeah.
1: high earners not rich yet. what's on the context of so like someone who earns a lot of disposable income but they're not rich yet oh yeah and so like targeting that demographic of people
0: you think they're the people who like this product
2: a renter who would also want to spend a lot of money to redo their apartment for a short period of time
1: like if you're going to rent a house for um, a year or if you're going to, you know, you're going to live somewhere for a minimum two years as if you can't spend like a few thousand dollars um, and maybe there's some kind of payment plan that it breaks it out, you know, a few hundred dollars a month or something to to revamp the place. And then it doesn't cost the landlord anything. Like it goes back to normal when you leave, or maybe the landlord can choose to keep it. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's cheaper to invest $5,000 into a rental than to you know, save a deposit for a house, which is, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. That's my thoughts.
0: <laughs> oh, Kyle, that was our, our first experiment with the idea segment. So thank you for yeah. participating and being, I, a... I, th- I think it went well,
2: honestly, I do. I do. <laughs> I did, uh, I think it
0: leads to like, you know, it's more likely to something we want to avoid that. I'm sure you can relate to is, you, you know, we have someone come on here and they basically don't say anything they haven't already said on another podcast. That's like our ultimate end goal to avoid like you Mm. bring on someone who is so polished and has done so many podcasts and there's just the standard battery of questions of tell the story of your business and all the different parts of it and the main related things and the backstory like they've probably answered that question before Mm. Uh, but kind of like you know be creative on the spot might lead to like might be a way of proofing or like guaranteeing that you're unlikely to get them Mm. to just be like like an author right like an author's alex benign's told the third door story a million times but it's like Alex, how would you create a third door story for this new theoretical situation? And that would force like, so I think Mm -hmm. it's an interesting idea.
1: Yeah, I can run with it. It's good. It just, you just have to take a minute to ponder, but I reckon it's good. I like it.
2: Yeah, we're playing with it. Um, So I think this is going to be our last question here. Um, What is your favorite part of what you do?
1: What is my favorite part of what I do? Well, it's such an easy answer. My favorite part of what I do is interviewing women that I get to speak to it's definitely the best part of my day I absolutely learn at least one thing every single day from the women that I speak to and you know some weeks I'm interviewing five to seven times a week so there's lots of lots of fun stuff going on um, and that's absolutely why I love what I do I'm, I'm learning constantly I broaden my network with these incredible founders who are changing the world through e-commerce and solving global issues and you you know, it's really, really inspiring for me. And, um, you know, I know that having more women in business creates a greater impact on the world. So it's really cool.
0: I completely agree. Recording interviews is definitely the favorite thing I do on a regular basis. So
1: <laughs> amazing.
0: Well, for people who likes this conversation, they are biting at the edge of their seats to hear these female founders, where should we send them uh, to learn more about you, your podcast, your, your business,
1: any of that stuff oh my gosh definitely definitely subscribe to the female startup club podcast you can find it on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts um always love a good rating and review so feel free to drop me in one of those as well um but you can also reach me on instagram at dunrosheen uh d um i love to chat feel free to reach me in the dms or you can find female startup club on instagram at female startup club
0: Great. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. I had so much fun.
2: Thank you for listening to that interview with Dune. It was, uh, you know, always, it's always great to talk with her as we've had the chance to talk with her a few more times since we released that podcast and, and beforehand. Uh, a couple of my takeaways from from that episode or, you know, something that we talked about early on, I think, is the third door attitude that she's applied across many different domains in her life. Um, but it's just interesting for me to... Talk to somebody who's sort of living that out. You know, it's like in college here. You don't. You're not always running into people that have that same attitude that that I desire to have. I'm not sure if I've fully lived up to it in the same way that she has or or uh, other people have. But you know, it's something I aspire to have. So it was. It's just great to to hear her talk about that. And then the other thing is, you know, I have not traveled as much as you have, Louis. And it's something that I want to do really deeply. And, and she's been all over the world and spent months and months kind of doing a world tour in Bali and and all these different places. And, um, it's just so obvious to me, the value that you can get out of that, like, you know, it's like money can't buy you what that gives you. And so, um, through that conversation, it sort of reinvigorated a, a desire in me to, to seek out the options to, to go and find that travel where it is in the world.
0: I say do it. When you can <laughs> it's awesome uh when it's an option for everyone real quick my takeaways got a few first one was that dune just goes all in she is so hardcore right off the bat and she doesn't even like I don't, I don't even know if she realizes it sometimes she's just like yeah so i decided i was gonna take cold showers i think i did that every day for four months during the winter i'm like that's longer than most like in switzerland
2: yeah, too yeah
0: <laughs> in switzerland in the mountains like this is she's literally bathing in ice uh, and for her, just like all in every day for four months, first thing in the morning. That's like as extreme as you can take, and you have like that. I know people that are tough or want to say they're tough, and they do it for a week and like feel good about themselves, and like they should because it's hard. But she's just like casual, like yeah, it was a bullet point, four months, every day in the Swiss mountains. So she's just. She's like,
2: I watched one. She's like, I watched one YouTube video about the benefits, so I yeah, just. watched one it. video.
0: I, I heard a, someone said <laughs> went off, and I was like, all right, here we go. Next four months of my life. Uh, and that attitude of just being hardcore and willing to just plunge right into the deep uh, metaphorically and and literally in in the cold shower sense is so infectious in the other work that she does. She was like, oh, I have this podcast about the domain. I'm going to send it and just publishing at an absurd frequency and Mm -hmm. not at all compromising quality. I mean, I've finished a ton of her episodes and prep for the podcast with her, a follow-up conversation we did uh, today, actually, and uh, all sorts of fun stuff. And they're Good episodes every single time. She just uh, capable of just a high volume in it, and it shows. Uh, other thing is diverse guests leads to diverse answers. Dune brought up all sorts of interesting stuff. We did the idea segment in this episode and played around with that, uh, which was pretty fun. And the idea of decor while traveling in your rentals is something I certainly would not think of because I like to live in bare rooms for whatever reason. I probably would prefer a decorated room. I'm just not the type of person to do it. But point is ideas like that and thoughts like that just don't come up if we don't talk to different people. So that's mm-hmm. always a helpful reminder. And the last thing is just the convex upside to going after a cold outreach. So Dune had found us through some cold outreach she was doing to network with other podcasters. And I was just like, hey, I'm, this is awesome. Like let's have a virtual coffee just because she sounded cool. And like that's led to all sorts of interesting things that have come from that in the coming months. We're uh, releasing the next couple weeks an episode with her husband uh, who was also totally awesome. And all of these things came from me just seeing her email and being like, yeah, sure, like let's get a virtual coffee because you seem really cool. And we hit it off and that's all. And he we our friends. And now we're friends and you just heard uh, a cool conversation. Uh, but that's what I learned in this episode and those are the main sticking points for me. Uh, I'm going to sign us off now with the typical jargon. I, I throw at you at the end of the episode for the people that listen all the way to the end, which, by the way, we appreciate. Uh, Lewis and Kyle have social media accounts that are all vaguely related to the names Lewis and Kyle and or Lewis and Kyle Show. We've been learning a lot about the value of a specific platform and focusing there. And that's something we definitely intend to do. But in the meantime, that's a decision we have not made, which means <laughs> you can find us on all major platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And the other yeah. one. And, and LinkedIn. TikTok and LinkedIn. LinkedIn's kind of popping off, honestly. That's because I invited like, it's like you have 100 free connections to invite. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's use all of 100. And the conversion rate's been decent because I guess people don't hate me. Anyway, what's that?
2: We don't want to talk about our TikToks. We don't want to send you there, but we we do have that. We just hope that people come from TikTok to here, not from here to TikTok.
0: We're trying to save people from TikTok by posting videos of of me screaming about things, uh, I guess. Uh, and then Kyle being like, "You see, you don't need to screw about that. You can make the same point more slowly, and it would be the same point, except better." But that's uh, that's what we're doing on TikTok. Uh, if you want to help us out, the number one most helpful way to do that would be to share the show with a friend and/or leave a five-star rating or, or any rating or review. It doesn't have to be five-star. Whatever you think we deserve on Apple Podcasts. Kyle says five for those of you watching on video. Uh, but that's all for this episode. We plan to release another in another week have a good one. Thank you so much for listening. Would always appreciate to hear from you in the DMs with your thoughts on what we're doing. That's it though. Thanks guys.